0: A lot of us have a preconceived idea of what an incarcerated person is. And what I've learned is that there are a lot of us in our, in our churches, in companies, that recognize these are children of God. These are people of worth and value and we want to we want to invest in that. We want to recognize that.
1: We just find ourselves coming along people as they meet barriers and see just
2: be advocates for them. This is Reba Collins, All In Community Consultant, and you're listening to the All In Community podcast. All In Community is an initiative of the West Ohio Conference to train, equip connect and resource our local churches to be bodies of Christ that embrace our neighbors who have been affected by crime or incarceration. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking to Chris Money and Tom Duber of Kindway Embark. Kindway Embark is an innovative, faith-based prison reentry program that helps men from Marion Correctional and women from the Ohio Reformatory for Women transition back to the Columbus metro area. Kindway also is one of West Ohio's advanced special organizations and is a partner with All In Community for the 30 for 30 pilot program. Today we will be talking about how churches and communities can work together to foster successful transitions from incarceration to communities. Welcome Chris and Tom. I'm so excited to have you both here today.
0: Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. My name is Tom Duber, and I am the Director of Job Development for Kindway, and a member of Reynoldsburg United Methodist Church, which is one of the 30 for 30 churches.
1: Happy to be here, Reba. My name is Chris Money, and I'm the
2: Executive Director of Kindway. So Kindway may be familiar to our Columbus-based listeners because many of Kindway's mentors, which we call Navigators, are from United Methodist Churches. Which really isn't a surprise because both of you are United Methodist members, correct?
0: That's right. Absolutely.
2: So Kindway actually started from ministry at Reynoldsburg. Um, Chris, would you just briefly tell us that story, because it truly is a God's story.
1: I'd be happy to. Um, I served as the warden at the Marion Correctional Institution for 10 years, and during um, that time, um, Reynoldsburg United Methodist had a large number of uh, prison ministry volunteers in a ministry called Kairos, and so I got to know them very well over time. Um, at some point, they went to and discuss with their pastor, their passion to work with men that are transitioning out of prison. Cairo serves. Uh, those folks that are incarcerated inside but really is not permitted to have um, contact with people post release so there's mm-hmm. there was this gap and so they formed uh, the church formed a nonprofit to do a couple of things not only look at prison ministry and transition but also to run um, the free store the shepherd's place I uh, joined that team and when i I joined the team when I retired from state government uh, we formed a uh, a planning a design team that's designed what today is called Embark. And Tom uh, worked with us on that team as well as some other Kairos volunteers, uh, three ex offenders who had successfully transitioned, some um, prison officials. And so we prayed and sat around a table and
2: designed what today is Embark. Tom, you were there from the very beginning when Kindway was just a burden placed on the heart of prison ministry volunteers at Reynoldsburg. Tell us a little bit about that journey.
0: There, there was a huge gap between when we first thought about what we needed to be doing and, and when this actually came to fruition. It was a number of Kairos volunteers that really were responding out of broken hearts. Mm-hmm. We would develop relationship with these men inside. We would see life transformation in them. We would... Um, see them return to society and see them struggle so hard and it it broke our hearts and so uh, there were a number of us that said what what can we do to reach out to them and that was part of what, what chris was describing is what we originally started uh, and it Spun its wheels, really. Uh, and, you know, God's timing is always perfect. It, it wasn't until God brought us, Chris, uh, into the role of executive director that we were actually able to, uh, to gain traction, to, to put a plan in place, and uh, to really get started.
2: The right people on the right time at the exactly. right place. Exactly. And that's all in God's time. Mm-hmm. Um, how then did you come into this new role as director of job development?
0: One of, a, one of our staff members and one of our keys, Robin Lorms, uh, said something as we were just beginning to form this, this, this program. He said, two things people need when they get out are Jesus and a job. And shortly after I retired, I was contacted by Chris and Robin, uh, and they, they were sharing how difficult it is to find employment opportunities for our men and women that got out. Uh, and so they were hoping that in my retirement, I would have time to be able to uh, build relationships with employers that would be willing to, to talk to our men and women to give them a second chance employment uh, opportunity. And so that's, that's how it
2: came about. The right place, the right person, the right time. <laughs> God's time. Right? God's time. That's right. And so in your new role, you're out in the community a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we get into this deficit mentality, that there's not enough available, there's not. How has being out in the community and working in this new role seen, you know, that God is providing all that we need, right, to help our men and women successfully transition back?
0: I think one of the things that has been the most amazing to me is to, to learn how many employers out there are really feeling the call on on their life to be involved in this as well. Um, you know, when we started, it was, the challenge was to find employers for our Participants and now the challenge is to provide our participants for the number of employers that have that have come forward. It's always been God opening the door for an employer to come to us, rather than me building a relationship with an employer. It was God bringing us someone again that He's put the call on their heart to say, "You know what? We need to we need to tap into this this resource uh, of these people that are, are, are wonderful people that have tremendous." Uh, resources that they can bring to our companies and so right now that's the biggest challenge as we're working with employers is yes thank you so much for being willing to hire our people i hope we can bring you someone soon (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) what we have found along our journey is that god has been very faithful Mm -hmm. and he has um connected us with individuals and with churches that he's provided us with needs as as they've come up so we have really not experienced lack of resources we've we've experienced actually continual growth in resources and it seems like as when we need something um, he's provided the connection. An example would be had a one of our men who had served a lengthy sentence was a carpenter, and someone that came to one of our uh, fundraising events. Uh, had a friend that owned a construction company. So Tom and I got a call to go meet with the president of this company, and we did. And two months later, we had this man who happens to be a carpenter come out, and they happen to need a carpenter. So it just—God's been so faithful and in seeming to bring to pass whatever resource we've needed, and it's been a very exciting journey.
2: Have you—and either? And either one of you can answer this question— Is there a a particular person who has returned that comes to mind that has taken you into spaces you you hadn't thought of or hadn't, hadn't prepared for or hadn't even known that that's where you needed to go? I just I think that everyone that we
1: deal with is a unique individual. Mm-hmm. So we have we found we have found ourselves advocating for people to get their with a judge to get their license back um, for work so that they can survive. We've found ourselves advocating for people to in child custody issues. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, we are we stand in the gap with employers because if you say you're incarcerated for. 10 or 20 or even 30 years, um, an employer, who are you going to put down for a reference? Right. So we're a reference many times for people. We just find ourselves coming along people as they meet barriers and see, just be advocates for them.
0: You know, as I think of your question, uh, I think back of when we gathered around that planning table mm-hmm. uh, and think of where we are now, there is so much that we didn't <laughs> oh. <laughs> know at that point in time. So every, every cycle, you know, every experience, yes. every participant that returns, we're learning more and more. We are being taken to places that we didn't expect to yes. be mm-hmm. with, yeah. with every one of them. So it's been a, it's been a real process.
2: Mm-hmm. So I'd like to ask both of you, what is something that has surprised you along the way or perception that has changed from when you first started in this ministry?
1: I worked inside correctional um, agencies and institutions for 30 years, so I never worked with people outside. So I honestly had no idea what that was going to be like. I knew the need because I saw people reoffend and come back that I was many times surprised to see come back. And I think what I've learned in this process is that people who are incarcerated – Face more barriers than I thought existed. I had absolutely no idea the extent of the number of barriers that they would face. Mm. I think what I've learned is it's so easy to see why people reoffend if there's not a support network for them as they transition. I would see people leave both when I served as warden at uh, the Ohio Reformatory for Women and Marion. I would Uh, uh, wish people well as they were walking out the door, and I would ask them, what's your plan? And I'd say about half the time or a part of a significant number of times, it would be a blank stare. They literally didn't know where they were going to sleep that night. It wasn't until really working on the other side of the fence that I got to walk with them and that we get to walk with them as they as they're facing their barriers, and we get to do it together, mm-hmm. and I think where times, I, I sometimes I wonder wonder what where they would be without mm-hmm. somebody who's doing this with them.
0: I think one thing that that has kind of opened my eyes or surprised me is you know I think a lot of us have a preconceived idea of what an incarcerated person is, and what I've learned is that. There are a lot of us in our, in our churches, in companies that recognize these are children of God. These are people of worth and value, and we want to, mm-hmm. we want to invest in that. We want to recognize that. So to me, the, the, the joy has been changing from my original part of my role of director of job development of trying to identify employers is to now I'm receiving calls from employers saying, we want to be a part of your program. And so that has been a surprise. Wow.
2: If someone wanted to experience the Kindway community, how... How can they do that, somebody from the outside? We have reunions,
1: um, and we have them uh, six times a year, so every other month. Um, Our home church for that is Bethel United Methodist Church. Um, They have a prison ministry team, and uh, they um, assist with with that, and and so we have it there. And so if somebody was interested, uh, they could contact our office. We could tell them when the next gathering would be, so if they they, uh, wanted to come in. And who is at that is— our release participants are all invited, as well as um, our volunteers and partners. That would be a way to um, um, have a sense, feel the sense of community, and talk to people who have returned, and talk to volunteers, and that would probably be the best way.
0: We can talk about the program all we want, but when, when- right. When guests get to experience one-on-one with our participants, mm-hmm. whether they're still inside or whether they've returned, that's when that's when the heart begins to change.
2: Well, I would love to thank, well, I would love to. I guess I will thank both of you <laughs> <laughs> for, for coming. Uh, you have given us a lot to think about and reflect on in not only this journey with folks, but our own personal journeys and in community as well. So I just invite our podcast listeners to join us for our fourth All in Community podcast. We will welcome Mike Davis, the Bureau Chief for the Ohio Department of Rehabilitation and Correction Office of Reentry. Mike and I will begin the conversation about the special relationship All In Community has with the state's efforts in reentry and rehabilitation, and why it is that the state invites faith communities to have active presence in our prisons and community reentry efforts. You won't want to miss that podcast. I would just like to, do either one of you have any final thoughts? And I also wanted to put a plug in for Kindware. Oh, Oh, yeah. Kindware. (laughs) Oh, yeah. KindWare. It is a great way to support Mm KindWare. If you have a church festival coming up or something where you are interested in having a table of KindWare come, it's, it's a great fundraising opportunity. And having said that, either one of you have any final thoughts? Um, I just really
1: um, appreciate our relationships with our 30 for 30 churches, and there are several now that we're involved in, seven, and uh, it's been wonderful to incorporate um, Navigators on our teams, and, and they have been very instrumental in successfully transitioning men and women out, so it's been that's been
2: a wonderful partnership for us. Yeah, we have really—it's been a wonderful partnership for us, too. <laughs>
0: And I just want to thank you for the opportunity to be able to talk about about Kindway and Embark and also uh, just to tell a little bit about the process of of being a navigator, that opportunity to be able to to meet our men and women while they're inside during that, that year of programming before they get out and then to walk with them on the outside. I think, you know, as as we continue to grow, there's going to be a continuing need for navigators. So, you know, not only from our 30 for 30 churches, but others that are that are interested in in being a part of this journey. That's a perfect opportunity for them.
2: It's a great first step into ministry. It is absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you both very much. Thanks, Reba. All right. Thank, thank you. Thanks.